what I see happening oftentimes is folks focus, they get concentrated, they get what they need to get with their dog, and then as soon as they're done, they and the dog blows up. And whatever happened in the good part of that is out the window. two questions that I'm going to read and we'll see how they go time-wise but uh, first one says hey Jeremy I know you're busy and I'll try to make this as condensed as possible first off I'd like to thank you for all the videos and training tools you've made available it makes our training a pleasure I have a seven-month-old GSP named June I've been watching your training videos religiously and things are going really well Heel training is going well working on transitioning off lead and keeping her from being one step ahead but it's coming along nicely Hold conditioning went really well, and she's retrieving bumpers and tennis balls beautifully. She has no problem holding sheds. She really doesn't care for the dummy bumper, though. The problem is, when she goes to pick either up off the ground, she wants to paw, nose, and lunge at them a lot before picking it up. I have a shed that only has two points that I can position the arch up so that it's easier for her to grab. However, she's only picked it up one time. Other times she flips it around with a lot of energy finally grabbing it. The dummy antler, she paws it and flips around relentlessly. You can tell she wants to lay down and chew on it, but every time she gets it in her mouth, I say, good, here, and she drops it, trying to get up because she's grabbing it by a point. I'm worried about just using a real shed, which is getting better results because I don't want her to hurt herself while she's pawing and lunging at it. I've been able to try to help her with picking it up and calming her down a little bit, but I was just wondering if you had any insight onto something else I could do or I am not doing. Again, I know you're busy. Thanks for your time for reading this. So this is Mike Smith, and I'm not making that up. Pretty, There's probably a lot of Mike Smiths out there, so it's kind of like John Doe, but Mike Smith sent me this question. So Mike, I'm going to send you an email back and let you know that we talked about it here on the podcast. So... To sum that up, he's got a dog that is seven months old. It's a GSP. Sounds like obedience is going well, which a lot of times, this is a pretty common theme I get around this age, it seems, seven to 10 months. And I feel like that's usually a, a lot of times that's when the questions start coming in about hunting stuff. And so my first thing that I always look at is, well, what's going on here? Not just the specific issue. So the specific issue in this question is, sounds like he's got, when he uses an antler dummy or an antler itself, the dog wants to play around with it. Paw at it, lunge at it. He thinks, based on its body language, it wants to lay down and chew on it. Okay. So I think he wrote me this question with it, looking for an answer of, how do I fix that? So, makes sense, I think. I, I think a lot of people would, you know, have a problem specific, so they reach out to someone like myself or somebody else, and they say, here's the issue I'm having. How do I fix it? Or do you have any ideas on how I can fix this? Well, here's how I assess all issues with dogs. And I think that this could be Mike. Um, it, it could be any of you guys that are listening right now. My recommendation is not necessarily to always... I think you need to notice the symptoms, you need to understand what the issue is in the moment, 
but I think you have to also take a look at bigger, bigger, from a from a broader perspective, bigger view, bigger, bigger picture type analysis. And the reason I say that is because there's a lot of variables that go into things that come up with dogs. In this case, one of the biggest things that stand out to me is you got a seven month old puppy. And so seven months old sounds a lot more than six months old. People think it's six months old because it's a half a year old, right? And But then we got to think about it as, well, you didn't get the dog until it was two months old. So in reality, like you only have it for four months. Well, four months is the blink of an eye. Like it's not very long. So six months, we think puppy. Seven months, all of a sudden we think dog. I think that's just a, I think that's like a, a mental thing that, you know, it's why we sell stuff for nineteen ninety nine, because nineteen ninety nine sounds like it's a deal, and twenty dollars and more sounds like it's a, you know, we got to think about it twice. Well, six months is kind of that nineteen ninety nine price point or that nine ninety nine price point. It's under a certain age. I don't it, age doesn't matter. I, I just don't care about how old they are. I don't care how long you've been doing stuff. I don't know how it, it doesn't matter. Because every dog is different and there's all these different variables. So I think you got to keep all that stuff in mind. And so the biggest thing I see is a seven-month-old puppy is really a puppy. And so it sounds like you're working on foundation stuff. I would say you have to keep doing it. Like, you're not there. I've yet to see a seven-month-old puppy where I say, they're done with foundation, we're on to the hunting stuff. Now, the hunting stuff is the fun stuff. So I understand why we, we inevitably see people gravitate towards it. And I'm okay with it to a degree, but I think that part of the reason we have issues show up is because we go places where we shouldn't be with our dogs. Now, I'm not saying you can't make retrieves with puppies that are seven months old. In fact, I think you should be. I think you should be. Oh, I got a, a dreamer in the background here. You're going to hear sleeping. Uh, it's Taylor yipping in her sleep. Um, with a seven month old dog, I think you should be making some retrieves. I, hell, I. I think you should be working on the delivery. I think you should be forming, you got, you got months now of shaping good delivery with whatever it is, the object that you're using. Now you're going to an antler and the training dummy and you're, you found a little hiccup. So what I think you need to do is, I look at this and I assess it and I go, there's a few things. First off, be patient. So maybe it's taking a break, taking a step back from some of this stuff. I'm more worried about the delivery than the object right now. So get a good delivery. So that if that means you're using dummies and tennis balls to get good delivery, no problem. Keep doing it. Keep shaping it. Hold conditioning, you said, went really well. And she's retrieving bumpers and tennis balls beautifully. I wouldn't even think about hold conditioning a puppy at seven months old yet. And that's a dog that has really good retrieve. I wouldn't be doing that. So keep that in mind. Like we're, You're probably way, way ahead here, which is part of why you probably are running into issues. Usually dogs tell us when we're going too fast. They tell us by, they don't say, hey, slow down and go, you're, you're going too fast. They start making mistakes or they start doing things that are undesirable. And you have to recognize that's them telling me, slow down, take it in steps, take it in stride. So I think that the idea with the, the, idea with the antler, you're using a hard antler and you're positioning it up properly so that the dog can pick it up. Think about that. Like, take a step back from that. That's not how you're going to shed hunt. You're not going to have a chance to go out there and position the antler in proper place so that the dog can pick it up safely. So that right alone, right away, tells me red flag, red flag. This is not, this is, we got to take a step back. So that's where the training dummy comes in. 
I use the training dummy because I know they're not going to hurt themselves. Now, if you've got a dog that's playing with it, it sounds to me like your dog just wants to play with it, screw around with it. That's some immaturity. That's some, that's some understanding of like, the dog doesn't really value the retrieve as much as it does the opportunity to horse around with something. So whole, you talk about hole conditioning. For, I just don't believe you can be through hole conditioning at seven months old. In fact, I don't know that I would recommend you starting it. I think it's way too early formally. I think it's way too early to put a dog through that mentally. It's just too much stress. There's too much to think about. There's too much perfection that we demand in that process of hole conditioning. What I would say is at seven months old, you should be making a lot of retrieves that are fun, loose, very informal, but encouraging the delivery to be proper. So like when the dog brings stuff back to you, if it's sloppy and it's out of position, you fix it. And so when watch some of the videos that I've done with young dogs from 10 weeks on, you'll see this idea of we don't do a lot of retrieving with retrievers because retrieving is pretty natural. Now you've got a GSP and some GSPs are very natural retrieve and some are not. So what I would say is, I, that's my first question, where's the retrieve? How natural is the retrieve? How fun is the retrieve? How rewarding is the retrieve? I think that what I would recommend is making sure that that is fun and rewarding first. So when you go to the training dummy, you, you're in a position where you go, well, she retrieves the dummy really well. She runs it. When I pitch it or lay it, I, I, I very rarely pitch for dogs beyond little puppy stages. I set up and I like to start building some patience. So my process is typically go to memories. So I, when I'm setting up a memory, by the time they're seven months old, they're, they're not seeing, unless we're specifically working on like a marking drill, we're not throwing a lot of dummies for them. I'm building a really calm, quiet, steady dog. That's how I like to do it. So I really use memories a lot. So if I set up a memory retrieve with the dog, when I send the dog out, it should be with a lot of enthusiasm. It should be a lot of fun. I'm not, I think this is a a, a toe of the line a little bit when it comes to steadiness. So how much steadiness do we require of them? That's kind of why I like trailing. I like setting up memories as well because I, I think they build steadiness without taking a dog and like putting too much pressure on them to be still in the temptation situation. Instead, we're moving like it's fluid. I'm walking out, th- dropping a dummy or throwing a dummy short distance, and then I'm turning and moving, and then I'm spinning around. I might steady him up for just a split second before I send him, but it's not like I'm asking them to fight through this, this really tempti- tempting situation of a thrown dummy. So that's a, that's a more broad, bigger picture thing about retrieving in general, but that's one of the things that I like to do. So as I set this up, I want to make sure that the dog goes out with a lot of zip. Like this is a reward. This isn't something that they're forcing. We're forcing them to do. This isn't something that is not desirable to them. This is not something that is in any way negative. Like I want this to be run out. I get to go. I get to bring it back. Now that should start out in simple situations like hallways where you just kind of minimize the issues. You minimize the opportunities for them to run off and create undesirable habits. So let's, I'm assuming all this stuff is done. Now when we get to the point of the antler dummy, go back to, go back to, don't be afraid to go back to like some of the stuff that you did probably early on with tennis balls and dummies. Might be the hallway. I might go back into the hallway because now it's creating a little bit less opportunity for the dog to really screw off. So it sounds like I'm envisioning this puppy that wants to run out and just play with the dummy. So do they get a lot of momentum? 
how, how far of a distance are they running? So if I go into a hallway and I give them a three foot distance where I pitch it three feet away and I send them and they go, run out to it and pick it up, great. They turn around and there's nowhere to fool around with now. So now I can go right back to this idea of encourage the hold, encourage, be patient with them, don't steal it from them, share it back and forth. So what, whatever it was that you did with tennis balls and dummies, we're replicating. And I don't know exactly what you did. So you'd have to tell me, but I'm looking at it as it's just another object. The object shouldn't change the behavior. So when you do go to hold conditioning, and you could do this too, like I, I, this is not because of this specific situation, this is something I might try. But instead of, if you run into this issue with that sh training dummy, and I'm using the training dummy intentionally, it's exactly why we have them. So that it looks like an antler, but it doesn't feel like an antler, it doesn't hurt like an antler when they when they pick it up in a way that isn't comfortable. So I might take that dummy, and when I say dummy, I mean a training dummy, antler dummy, and instead of throwing it or setting it up as a trailing memory, just get the dog to realize like, this is no different than the dummy. So what I might do is I might actually just put it into their mouth. This isn't formal hold conditioning. I might be on the ground with them in the hallway and I might stand at the end of it and I take it and I'll roll their lips up and I'll put it in their mouth just like I would a dummy. And I get them to hold onto it, and it might just stroke the underside of their chin right now. It sounds a lot like hold conditioning. Well, it is. But it's not formal. Because at seven months old, I don't think I can put that kind of stress on the dog. I don't think it's worth it. I don't think you have anything to get. I'd say just wait. Be patient until you get to that point. But if you want to continue to move forward, which you do, and you want to get the dog to start understanding the shape of the antler, which I think is valuable. I don't ever, I rarely ever see this, what you're running into. I don't see a dog go from retrieving dummies and tennis balls really good to not being willing to retrieve a training dummy. What I like about the sound of this is it sounds like the antler dummy really gets them excited. So what we need to do is we need to temper back that excitement with this puppy and have them realize, hey, don't lose your mind just because I throw this thing. Pick it up and bring it back to me just like you did a boring fire hose dummy or a boring tennis ball. Typically, I actually see dogs get more excited about tennis balls, it seems, than anything. But you, you've got a little bit different situation, it sounds like. So I might take the antler dummy and just put it into their mouth, roll their gums back, put it in their mouth, and have them hold on to it. Tell them how good they are. Take it out. And don't overwhelm them. To me, this sounds like a dog that's very easily excited. Don't get them so wound up that they lose their mind. So put it in. Take it out. Tell them good. Put it in. Take it out. Tell them good. And all of a sudden, because your state of mind is calm, and hopefully you're maintaining their state of mind to be calm. You're not firing them up. You're not getting them all excited. You're not telling... You don't have to treat this dog, it sounds like, with the, the idea of, man, you just saved the world type reinforcement. You might just have to say, good. Because that might be actually what you need is to calm the dog down rather than get them excited. So you are so... You're such an important part of this. Your attitude is so important that you bring into it. Be calm. They'll be calm around you when you're calm. You transfer that to them. So put that dummy in the mouth and stroke them under the chin and tell them how good they are. Calm them down. Good. Good. Dead. And I'm going to take it out of their mouth. And when I take it out of their mouth, that doesn't mean, okay, now you can be nuts. It means good, easy, calm, steady, slow. Put it right back in their mouth. Like, get a cadence going of, when the thing comes out, you don't lose your mind. When it goes back in, you stay focused. You come out, you're focused. You go in, you're focused. So, 
I'd be building that up and I'd have the dummy, the antler dummy, be the object. So now you go from there and if I, I guarantee you I can get the dog to do that. And then I put it in its mouth and I'm calm and I'm steady and the dog understands to hold it a little bit. And I might take one step back and I might let the dog come to me one step. And then I'm right there to go through the exact same thing that we just did when the dog was standing still or sitting still. And then I might take two steps, three steps, four steps. But what I see happening oftentimes is folks do this. They focus, they get concentrated, they get what they need to get with their dog. And then as soon as they're done, they... And the dog blows up. And whatever happened in the good part of that is out the window. Because you just let the dog lose all of that. So, you know, as I'm listening to what I'm saying, slow down. Be calm around the dog. Don't let the dog, because I'm sensing this dog is losing its mind when you bring out this object. And all it associates it with right now is play wildly. The idea is not to play wildly with this. Just like it's not to play wildly with a training dummy that's a fire hose or a canvas. It's not to play wild with the tennis ball. It's pick it up and bring it back to me. Pick it up and bring it back to me. Pick it up and bring it back to me. So you got to transfer it to the new object. Don't tee it up. Don't give them a cr- don't don't go well. They pick the hard antler up better than they do. They don't play play with the hard antler less than the dummy. So that's what I'll do. No, no, because you just told me that they play with the hard antler too, and they're going to end up hurting themselves. And all, all of a sudden they're going to go. I don't want to touch those things anymore. Don't take the hard antler and position it perfectly in the only way that the dog will be able to pick it up and not injure themselves because you know damn well that's not how it's going to be in the woods. And you don't need to go position things in the perfect position. It's like saying, well, my dog doesn't pick up the, pick up the birds because the wing, it grab them by the wings. So what we're going to do is we're just going to eliminate the wings all the time? No. To start out with, you might, or you may tape it to, but then you're going to transition slowly to the point where you can get the dog to pick up the fresh killed bird. We're going to do the exact same thing with the dummy. So before you start positioning it and skipping steps of getting the dog to pick it up themselves, you're just teeing it up for them. Before you do that, help them figure out how to pick it up and not freak out, how to pick it up and not lose their mind, how to not get these overexcited energy overflows where... It just creates a complete downward spiral and then you're done. Like it's, I, I, I can totally see this session for you. I can totally see how it goes and I can totally see your frustration because you're going, now what? Dog is just bat, you know what, crazy about this. So what do you do? Slow down and take a step back and look at it and realize I've got a seven month old puppy. So I think it's, I think it's a, it's a recognizing where you really are at here and then take a, Take a much simpler approach to it. Okay, so now I'm going to go to this one. This one is Colin. He said, I found your videos on YouTube and I really like your training style. I rescued a silver lab who is now a two years old. I spent the last year with the dog building trust and companionship. The dog was never abused, but more so abandoned, and no one worked with him on his obedience. He can sit, stay, lay, and I take him into the woods when I'm scouting and work on just getting him to be outside around swamps and ducks. I have not introduced shooting to him yet. I'm taking it very slowly. I'm currently working on hold conditioning, copying your video. We are day two and Gunner is making a lot of progress. He's holding the bumper in his mouth and without chewing or spitting for up to 10 seconds. The issue I'm having is he's not wanting to initiate putting anything in his mouth, let alone a bumper at all. 
He has toys and he just won't play with them. I, I have found that he is food motivated, so some of his training has been rewarded with treats, but not all. I was wondering if you had any suggestions on how to get my dog to take the d bumper on his own without me having to place it in his mouth. If you have a video or reference or some tips, that'd be greatly appreciated. Colin, I've got a whole bunch for you. Uh, on our website, under our free library, I bet you there's five plus, maybe 10 plus hours of hold condition stuff. I think the guys have its chapter or a breakout of it all by itself. Watch those, okay? You'll never see me teach a dog to grab something out of my hand. You'll never see me teach a dog to do what you're doing. So don't sweat what you're worried about. I my, The only concern I would have with the idea of that is if you throw an object for him, will he not go get it? If you send him on something, will he not go get it? So like, I think you got to understand, we have to understand the idea of what the retrieve really looks like. What is that process? So hold conditioning for me does not teach dogs to grab stuff. It does not teach them to retrieve stuff. It teaches them to hold and deliver nicely. It takes away or fixes a lot of the issues that come up that create unreliable delivery, which could be a variety of things. So the idea, I think you're... And this is a great question because, and I'm actually digging into this with somebody right now. We're looking at doing some stuff and I'm pretty excited. I'm, I'm going to wait to share with you, but um, it'll touch on a lot of this. I and mean, I think it'll help. I hope it helps. But the confusing part for some is when they start thinking about differences or similarities between what some call force fetch, train retrieve. Um, there's lots of, lots of terms for it. And what, what I call hold conditioning, which I only call it hold conditioning because that's what I was told it was called. And is it its own process? Yeah, kind of. Um, it's very different. It's not the same thing as force fetch uh, or train retrieve or force breaking or whatever the, whatever you want to call it. Like I think there's, so that's part of, the, part of the struggle I think that's out there right now is definitions, understanding what, what, what does the terminology actually mean? So for me, I think there's, with what I'm doing, I think there's confusion. And I don't need a dog, I don't want a dog to be taking stuff from me. I don't need to train them that. I, that's, a re that's a retriever, that's, that's retrieving. So now I think you might, have, you might have to think about that if you have a dog that won't retrieve, like won't go out and get something for you. Like I've never had that, ever. And I've been to... I've been to some, I don't take my dogs to them necessarily, but I've seen dog parks and I've seen like every breed you can imagine making retrieves. So again, I, I don't even think it's breed specific by any means, but I think that when you start thinking about, you've got a Labrador, okay? A Labrador retriever is a retriever. I doubt highly that you need to uh, get the dog to understand the concept of retrieving, you probably ha will have some issues with it fitting exactly how you want it to look, which is what we end up doing is shaping and forming it more specifically to fit our needs. But so, so the easy answer is I don't. Absolutely. It, it, it said here, um, I'm going to read your question again. He's holding the bumper in his mouth without chewing or spitting it for, for up to 10 seconds. The issue I'm having is he's not wanting to initiate putting anything in his mouth, let alone a bumper at all. So for hold conditioning, I'm not going to teach them to go get something. I think 
the question, so I think this comes back now to sequencing. So I would ask you, Colin, does your dog retrieve? And the, the answer to that is, is going to predicate the next move with regards to hold conditioning. If you don't have a retrieve, you got to get that first. And if you got a Labrador retriever, I bet my life that you could get it to retrieve. So I'm assuming it probably is already, and you're using hold conditioning to try to polish it, but maybe the answer to that is no. Maybe you, maybe you haven't made retrieves with them. Well, I don't start out with hold conditioning because hold conditioning needs a retrieve to polish. The retrieve's got to be there first. So when I start talking about young dogs, and I, I made a mistake with this for years in talking about hold conditioning because the question always comes up, well, when do you do it? How early? What's the youngest... And I don't like to do it very early because I feel like it's it's a little bit of a, it's a it requires some maturity. It t- it takes some mental maturity, it takes some physical maturity. It, it, there's there's parts and pieces to this thing that that have to be there, I think, in order to have it be effective and and be be enjoyable. I think for the dog, so and me, so there is a level of that that needs to be taken into place. But what I mistakenly did was I made people think that well you don't worry about it until then because whatever happens prior to it we can fix it with hold conditioning I don't I prefer to not look at this as a fix the problems that you created I prefer to look at it as take understand that instead I should have said from all from the very beginning hold conditioning starts the very first retrieve you make so if it's eight weeks old or ten weeks old or twelve weeks whatever it is Hold conditioning starts then, but not formally. So that's part that would be confusing because I'd have people at four-month-old dogs trying to hold condition them. And when I say hold condition, I mean the more formal process. Now, so I, it really needs to be separated. It needs to be understood. The formal process where I put the dog upon a table and I really start to ask and demand them to deliver nicely the way I want, meaning hold gently, no hard mouthing, no chomping, I want them looking at me in the eyes. I want them bringing it to me. And I want them to understand that it's a shared process. It's not a steal from me. So then it avoids keep away and it avoids big circles and it just avoids all these bad habits. So that part of it starts later. But to prep for that and make that so much easier and achievable and enjoyable, I do think that I need to make a better point of calling out it starts with the first retrieve, meaning you fix issues before it becomes an issue. So you, at a two-year-old dog that's been with you for a year, it really doesn't matter if it's two years old or if it's two months old. The starting point is always in the beginning. So I'm going to say start in the beginning. How are you with your retrieving? Build a retrieve first that you can later polish with hold. So I don't have those answers, Colin, because obviously this isn't an interactive thing, but those are the things you have to think about. And then more specifically to your answer, because I'll make some assumptions and say, yeah, you probably already have that. Now you're trying to polish it. I don't need, I don't want dogs grabbing things out of compulsion. Absolutely not. So I don't, so I, I just gave you probably the easiest answer, the best answer that I can never give anyone. Don't worry about that. Just roll their gums up, put it in their mouth. And then when you go back to the idea of the dog making retrieves, you won't be the one who had to train the dog to retrieve. 
you don't need to be the one to give them commands to retrieve. Nature takes care of that. They're retrievers. So you got to send them. They got to go on your watch. Like they got to go under your, under your set of rules. So when you send them, you let nature take care of the retrieving. And then when they get it, you make sure that you, the combination of nature's retrieve and your shaping through hold conditioning allows them to understand, I picked it up, he wants it, I want to share it with them, I got to turn around and bring it back to him and hold it nicely. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the, the full package. That's what, we're, that's what we're trying to do is we're, we're really trying to balance what they do naturally with what we want them to do aesthetically. And that's, that's what whole conditioning does for me. So I hope that helps you, Colin. Uh, buckle up, guys, because whole conditioning stuff is going to go to a whole other level. Uh, there's, there's something that a few things that are in the works right now that, I'm, that we're talking about. And, um, there's also some stuff going on internally within our website that nothing that you won't notice any changes to it yet, but it's coming. Um, and I'm pretty excited about that. And I'll share more with that more with you on that soon. Uh, hopefully sooner than later. But Colin, I'm going to send you a message as well. Mike Smith, I appreciate you guys asking the questions. And I appreciate everybody else sending in questions. And maybe more importantly, your patience because um, it's just it's it's become a bit it's just not not realistic for me to be able to keep up with everything but i'm doing my best and i am responding when i can how i can in the best way if you ask me what's the best way to get a message to me i don't know that there is a best way um and so and i don't if i if you don't hear back from me it's certainly not that i don't want to it's that i just physically am not able to keep up with it but i'm doing my best and i think that these we're going to try to continue to do more um it, I should say more. We're going to try to just continue to do what we've been doing in this type of format because I do think it helps a lot more people. So if you would do me a favor, I, I don't like to ask for favors very often, but occasionally I will. If you would do me a favor uh, and you enjoy these podcasts, it would help greatly, and I think it would help others greatly um, by allowing it to be found by them. And the easiest way that you can do that to help us is to, one would be leave a review or a rating wherever you're listening to this. And the second thing would be to share it with somebody. And I don't know if it, when I say share, I don't necessarily mean techie share, like hit the share button and email or text or whatever it is to the next person. I think share has become such a, a, a term of different meaning these days with how we how we live and operate with, with some of our technology stuff. But I mean like, uh, tell a friend, like that's sharing too. Like uh, next time you're having a beer with a guy, say, hey, I think you might like this podcast. That's sharing. And so I'm a little old school in a lot of ways, and uh, I'd hate to see us lose that skill and, and uh, gift, if you will, of being able to communicate with another human being um, via our voices and just share it with them. So I appreciate it. Thank you for your support. Um, we'll keep doing these, and, and uh, best of luck in all of your training.